your customer is listening to the same, is listening to one radio station, WIIFM, what's in it for me is what it stands for. And so we try to use the language that will make sure that there's a level of empathy with each and every phone call and to be able to hear that and hear them and let them know that we're hearing them. Welcome to the Positive Productivity Podcast, Episode 611. The Positive Productivity Podcast was created to empower entrepreneurs to achieve and appreciate personal and professional success. I'm your host, Kim Sutton, and if you're ready, let's jump into today's episode. Welcome back to another episode of Positive Productivity. This is your host, Kim Sutton, and I am thrilled to have you here, and I'm thrilled to have today's guest, Greg Elkhorn. Greg is the CEO and owner of GCS, and I'll tell you, and I've told you this before, listeners, the pre-chats are always awesome. This was no exception, so I can't wait to see where this conversation goes. But Greg, welcome. I'm so happy to have you. I am too. This is this is going to be a delight. So I'm uh, I'm honored to be with you, Kim, and I love your website and everything you're doing. So uh, uh, the pleasure is all mine. Oh, thank you so much, Greg. Would you mind sharing a little bit of your story with the listeners? Tell them tell them how you got to where you are today. Yeah, that's called an open ended question. I love those. <laughs> and uh, when I was born, I was eight pounds six ounces. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> right, right, right. right. Uh, let's see. I'm uh, CEO of Global Contact Services, GCS, which is a staffing and management company that primarily works with uh, customer service operations. So if a company outsources their uh, call center or customer service, they can think of GCS. I see what think what we do. That's not a commercial. It's just what we do. But the, the commercial is uh, that I was asked uh, three or four years ago um, to write a book about communication skills, about soft skills. So I did that. It's called The Seven Dumb Things We All Say, and it's really an autobiography. It's most of what I do. Uh, You can tell after about 12 seconds that I'm from the South, y'all, and uh, I don't hear it. Uh, And most of our clients are in uh, the Northeast, which makes it even more fun to sort of compare uh, dialogue and dialects and different types of words. So uh, I wrote a book about uh, soft skills and and my goal on every conversation like this is to be able to, you know, uh, share a tidbit or a communication principle and learn a uh, communication skill or principle that that I can have. It helps build awareness, uh, be a resource. But um, I'm CEO of, of GCS. We have about a thousand employees. Wow. We started in uh, 2001. Yeah, right at 9/11 uh, is, is uh, when when we cranked up and and uh, have had a um, unbelievable roller coaster of activities uh, anywhere through the, you know, being in uh, New York with 9-11 and then um, uh, the offshoring of call centers that occurred in the early 2000s. And, you know, it really uh, was challenging for us. Uh, so we went up and down. Hey, we did uh, insurance and financial um, uh, customer service up until 2008, 2010, when uh, the Great Recession and the financial crisis occurred, uh, so that was a um, a, a low point. Uh, and then in uh, t- uh, t- uh, 2012 and 13, we received some rather large contracts, and uh, uh, it's been it's been uh, we've been in the go go stage ever since. And while doing that, and from a customer service standpoint, 
I've been listening to conversations. We have a principle called the micro is the macro. So when we learn things in the customer service uh, industry that, that we can apply, uh, if, it, if it's an improvement of 1%, and I'll give you two examples. If we can improve it in 1%, then we can do that over 1,000 employees. It's pretty cool mm-hmm. to see that positive productivity, as you talk about. Uh, for example, when we answer the phone, when people call in for reservations or order entry or um, you know, the, cu- any kind of customer service, we answer the phone and we say, um, uh, thank you for calling XYZ. Uh, how may I help you? My name is Greg. And if you say your name last, people have a tendency to remember it. And that's just that little thing like that. Instead of saying, hello, this is XYZ, my, my, uh, this is Greg Alcorn, how may I help you? It puts it in, it's, it's a reverse and people have a tendency, it's harder to remember to, to remember the, the customer service person's name. So you just cut out like 10 seconds of the conversation because then the caller doesn't need to ask what the person's name is again. There you go. Mm. There you go. Wow. And we're big on the no, on trying to eliminate the word no uh, to conversations and uh, because it's negative. In, uh, uh, except if you're, if you're yelling at a child not to run out the street, no is very appropriate. Uh, but in a customer service call, it's, uh, uh, it doesn't always work. For example, at the end of a call, what we always said up until about a year ago was, um, is there anything else we can do for you? Well, what's the answer to that? No. And instead, uh, we changed that to where we say, has this been helpful? And wow. the answer is yes. Now you can't use it all the time when somebody has had a terrible, terrible experience, but it, in the fact of is, is this been helpful? And then it just, it, 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 it moves the needle on CSATs. It moves the num- needle on customer satisfaction scores just a little bit, but it was enough to make it to where we in- implemented that with the now 30,000 conversations that we have every day. So cool stuff like that. That's, so uh, that's what we do. And that's why I'm talking to you to be able to share some things like that and, and uh, have some fun with it and learn from your listeners. I absolutely love number one, that you're ending on a positive note, hopefully in every conversation. Mm-hmm. And I understand that those are, there are those just, I mean, I've been that stressed out caller yeah. time to time, you know, and what I, I think that customer service, I have to say that's probably one of the jobs I would not want the most along with bill collector. I just, yeah. because I can't imagine the attitude that they get on every single day from people who are just at their wit's end. Right. And it's right. not anything that they did, you know, and, and I always have to remind myself if I'm having an issue, it was not this person. So right. I usually try to breathe and uh-huh. it's not this person I have, right. question, you know, and, and I'll find myself, I have to admit, I get heated sometimes and then I'll just say, you know, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I realize this is not you. It's, it's the organization. Uh, I don't That's like right. this. How can you help me? But I love the, the ending question though. I'm going to have to yeah. start using that. When I, I realized that I was putting in um, open ended statements or questions into my emails mm-hmm. and I could have just changed a couple words around and eliminate, not that I don't love a good email conversation, but who has time for that sometimes? Right. 
I could have just changed a couple words around and that would have been done. Conversation over. Everything's been taken care of. Move on. Right. That's right. Well, we tell people, uh, you know, one of the things in our uh, orientation and training classes is everybody, your customer on the other end of the line, your customer is listening to the same, is listening to one radio station, W-I-I-F-M, what's in it for me is what it stands for. And so we try to use the language that will make sure that there's a level of empathy with each and every phone call and to be able to hear that and hear them and let them know that we're hearing them uh, to be able to do that. And that's just these little things that you and I are doing, I think, very well and uh, acknowledging what someone has said, be able to segue or be able to have a dialogue with that person as opposed to parallel monologues. Uh, but to be able to help that person to be able to use their language. If somebody says, you know, if, if they, they use, use the language like, uh, you know, I've got a problem with, you know, my statement. And when then we're encouraged to be able to say, okay, let's, let's strive to use the language uh, uh, repeat that or mirror what the person says and then get to the solution to the activity to be able to say, you know, I can, I, okay, well, let's, let's, let's address your problem and let's get a solution for it. I'm here to help you. And when you say I'm here to help you, that's that W I I F M thing. That's being able to show them that you're listening. That's making it a dialogue, not parallel monologues and having some fun with it that way. But there's all kinds of little tricks like that, not tricks, but all kinds of little conversational principles or communication tidbits that if we're just aware of them and you know, you're married and have children, I'm married and I have children and to be able to, to uh, stop and, and share with one another what types of, of um, words or terms that are powerful and what types of words and terms are annoying. And, uh, and to be able to hear me, I, I totally understand what you're saying. I'm just thinking about my house. <laughs> well, gosh, we make a list of them. I mean, you know, we have, uh, we have friends, we have so much fun with this. You know, it used to be that once you're comfortable with, um, sharing with each other, the, an awareness of their communication, uh, uh, what they do very well and what they don't. I've got a friend who he starts every sentence off with, Hey, you know what? <laughs> and it just, it's, it's like, wait a minute, that's a question. Um, potatoes are made in Idaho or, or I don't, I don't know what about New York city's big city mm-hmm. because he says, Hey, you know what? And, uh, it's just a, it's a conversational bookend. It's something that he wants to start it with. And we just have so much fun with it. I have another friend that says, by the way, all the time, it's, 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 he'll say it at the beginning or the end of a, of a sentence. And, it, and by the way, which is usually something that you bolt on to another, uh, you know, that for example, uh, you know, there, that baseball player had three hits last night and oh yeah, by the way, two of them were home runs. Uh, that that's, that's a good use of by the way, but when it, when it's just a random comment, sort of a, a space filler, it's so much fun for, to be able to talk about those things. When I look at, if, if you're listening to me, what you'll hear is the, what I'm told is I've got one of these Beavis and Butthead laughs that, uh, I, that come across occasionally <laughs> like that. It's, 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 it's the millennials my, may not understand. 
<laughs> I know, I know. It was a, a old cartoon or a, a parody cartoon, or whatever it is, a little TV show that was from what? I probably the nineties or the something. The nineties. Like yeah. Yeah. Uh, so that's what you know. That's that's what we love to talk about to be able to find out not just what you say, but how you say it. We got everybody knows the Valley Girl, or maybe millennials don't, but they they you know a lot of them have that up talk that uptick that, that mm-hmm. where the, the, the uh, tone or the pitch of their voice goes up at the end of a sentence. And it can be annoying if you do it all the time, right. Be able to recognize that, mm-hmm. and then, you know, so just being able to talk to people about those kinds of things and use the word like, and what I just did, I don't know if you heard it, but I used, I'm trying my best to eliminate the word just from my vocabulary, mm. not when it comes to justice, but when it comes to, Hey, Kim, I, I, I just wanted to come over and see you here at the ICU in the hospital. You know, I just had a few minutes, so I thought I would just come over here. Well, you know, you're diminishing the power of I'm coming over here to see you. It's important for me to come see you to see how you're doing and see if there's anything I can do to help. I can run errands. I can bring a magazine, but to say, I, you know, it's just those little things. Did you hear I just did it? It's just those little things that to be able to do that. It is those little things that we do that can make a difference in the power of our conversation. You know, I, oh, that's mine. You know, that's yeah. the one I'm working on. There you go. When I, I started the podcast in 2016. Now you have me looking at my speech and I did the transcriptions at first. I did not realize. I just need, oh my gosh. Now you have me saying it. Oh, no, I, you know, I, I'm with you. I mean, you're very okay. good. You're very good. I mean, I, <laughs> I started, when I started doing this, I couldn't even get out of bed. I mean, I never, I didn't want to say anything to anybody, right? <laughs> but right? it's okay. So <laughs> we're learning. I didn't realize that there were artificial intelligence transcription tools, right? Oh, so I would, I did the first maybe six episodes by hand listening to the episodes. Wow. You have a team then. And I started to notice these nuances in my speech patterns. Mm-hmm. And at first, I was deleting them. Oh. Uh-huh. And I noticed that guests were saying some of them. So I deleted some of them. And now, whatever is said is said. It, it's conversation. It's not perfection. That's right. That's right. right. Yeah. I mean, there may be English teachers listening to this. Welcome. Enjoy. Yeah. Is it good or well? I don't never know. I mean, I, that's why when people ask me how I'm doing, I'd say excellent or terrific because I can't. I don't know whether to say good or well. <laughs> oh my a, goodness! Yes, a, have a uh, an avoidance of it. <laughs> Another word that I've been working on eliminating. I just need to put this out there is the word sorry. I grew up in yeah. Rochester, New York. Yeah, and I know it's a joke. Apologize. Uh, sorry, but not sorry to Canadians. You know that there's a reputation for putting sorry in mm-hmm. a lot more than you than you need it, if you even need it at all. But it seems to have spilled over to me. And I found myself in the last p- couple of years realizing I'm apologizing for things that I have no reason to apologize for. That's right. That's right. I almost apologized to a client last night because I promised something um, and I still got it. But I almost apologized because I was spending time with my family. And then I, I look at the email and I realize, why am I apologizing for spending time with my family? Right. I'm right. allowed to spend time with my family. It's okay that it still got there tonight. It just took two more minutes than I expected. Mm-hmm. 
those high expectations. Mm-hmm. I'll give you another one that, uh, that, that um, it happened about f- f- five years ago. We listened to everything in our life and in the contact center world is recorded. So you got audio recordings of everything. And there was this one recording of this uh, wonderful uh, customer named Maria that uh, had, it was overly grateful. You know, you know, those people, they would say thank you to just about everything, you know, okay, I've got your, I've, I've got your street address is this, is this, is that correct? Yeah, that's correct. Thank you. And then she said, okay, well, we, we want to pick you up at uh, 1030 tomorrow morning, 1030 tomorrow morning. Thank you. And it, that this, this conversation went on for about 10 minutes and pretty soon our GCS, our customer service representative, st- instead of saying you're welcome, said no problem. And her, her, her thank you got a little lower. And then he said, no worries. And then he said, you know, the next thing was, uh, it was the least I could do, but he was diminishing the thank yous is what I was getting to. And so I'm, I'm a five year recovering, no problem, Alec. I I would say no problem. And, And it just, it's two negative words. It's something that bothers me. It might not bother 99.9% of other people, but everybody's got that thing, that one little statement or that one that the hair on the back of their neck goes up or they, you know, they just don't like it. And um, I mean, I'm over it as you can tell, but it was you know anything, no problem, no worries. Uh, it was nothing. It's the least I can do. You know, the waiter or waitress comes and pours water. I say, thank you. Or anybody, you say, thank you. And they say, no problem. Come on, give yourself credit. Don't diminish the, 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 the compliment. Uh, I love and, and I'm sorry for apologizing. And that's a real apology. <laughs> but one of my things, and actually, I, I just had to put this out there. This was one of the the characteristics that made my husband really appealing to me when we started dating, was that we would go through the drive through, and he would say, "May I please have?" Whereas, yeah, I heard so many people say, "Give me." I'm gonna get. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, where's the manners? Right, that's a great example. Yeah, that's that's uh, you know, this is why I do this is so I can hear stuff like that and I write it down and I'm building. It helps me build awareness and helps me create a resource so that we can share a hundred, a thousand. You know, there's it, it, the the book Seven Dumb Things. Heck, it ain't seven; it's seven thousand. It just started with that. But then there, but you can just, you can reverse it so quickly. You know, we close at five. Well, how about, how about just saying we're open till five? Mm. We're available till five. Just little stuff like that. You know what bothers me, Kim? There are doors. The, when you have two doors and there's a little sign on the, on one door and it says use other door and the door that does all the work doesn't get any love. I mean, why wouldn't you put use my, use this door? It's, it's just little stuff like that. It's kind of fun to talk about and to sort of relate to all the different types of things that we could do. You could say it if you can say it more positively and actively versus negatively and pass passively. People want to be around you more. And you have you, me thinking about my marketing right now. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure wow. you've seen them before. I'm sure listeners have seen them, but you opt in for a freebie, right? And then you yep. might get it to an upsell page. Listeners, please listen to this part. If you don't have an upsell page after you opt in, think about the extra value 
And I want to say it to that that way, extra value that you could be offering to this hot prospect, because that's what they are yeah. at that point. They wanted something free. Now you can upsell them. But what I've, there's usually a button that says, yes, I want it or something along that lines. Mm-hmm. And then there's a no thank you. But how can we reframe the no thank you to not be a no? Yeah. Well, my father uh, was uh, uh, when when we would sit and have that whole family style stuff, and and we'd pass him the beats, and we'd say, "Would you would you like some beats?" And his his answer was all, always, "Maybe later." And uh, I just thought that was instead of I cannot stand beats; they're awful, and I will never eat one of those. He just goes, "Maybe later." And I've picked up on that one. And I just, you know, that's inst- instead of saying no, this book, the book I wrote is Hugh McCall is one of the, um, uh, he, uh, what's it called? He, he wrote a, uh, reference for it and he's probably recognized as one of the greatest, uh, financial minds in the, in the country. He, he created bank of America and, uh, and I talked to him a few months ago and he said he, he was a terrific negotiator, humble bragging. And he said that uh, because they bought a lot of banks in order for them to grow. Mm-hmm. And he said, he said, in all my negotiations, I never used the word no. I would always go, not yet, or let us think about that. And so your no thanks button could say anything, you know, something to have some fun with it. And that's what I want. Uh, you know, I, I just love having fun with, you know, language and and making it as, as uh, casual or as active as you want to be, as professional and friendly as you, as you can. So, you know, no thanks could be done a, a lot of different ways uh, in order to get that um, sort of uh, positive, you know, let's stay engaged uh, approach to it. Hey there, my friend. I hope you're enjoying this episode of the Positive Productivity Podcast. I wanted to take a quick moment to invite you to join the Work Smarter, Not Harder Challenge. Over the course of 30 days, these free, yes, free, short videos will teach you a few of the systems and strategies I set up in my business so I can get away from my computer and back to the people I love. I invite you to sign up now at WorkSmarterNotHarderChallenge.com. Again, you can sign up at WorkSmarterNotHarderChallenge.com. Com. I want to challenge you on the on that though. Okay. I've been reading Dare to Lead by Brene Brown, and I've followed Brendan Burchard for years now. And one thing that I noticed both of them saying is just tell them the answer right now. If you know that it's a no, tell them it's a no. Mm-hmm. Right. Don't leave them stringing because if you say maybe, they're going to keep on coming around and asking you and asking you and asking you. But if you just tell them no and why then it's basically a closed topic. Right. Done. Right. So I want to, I was thinking about that while you were, I mean, I love the maybe later. However, if, if we know it's a no, then just say no, but I want to think of a more creative way. I want to be able to say yeah. no without saying no. Okay. Huh. I'm just putting it out there. I think it's right? great. I think I, th- I, I appreciate that challenge because that's uh that's a, a great way of defining that you, you don't want to keep this conversation going. In Hugh McCall's standpoint, he was negotiating and he wanted to keep it going. 
you know, in, in the case that you're using is we, we need to close this chapter. Right. So, you know, so whether it's as extreme as, as uh, burning a bridge or redirecting uh, the, the, the relationship or ending the relationship, some of the most healthy things to do in, in, in relationships is to make sure you say no and, uh, and no does not mean convince me, you know, no means no. Uh, so there, there's, a uh, there, there, there are times to that. It's, um, well, I try not to have mama guilt, but this is one of those cases when I do have mama guilt, you know, I shared with you before we started recording that my six-year-old daughter is asking me if we can play Minecraft every mm -hmm. day. And I don't want to say maybe I've realized that I've gotten into too much of a pattern of saying maybe later. When I know full out that my schedule is fully packed today, and I also want to say the reason I have mama guilt on that is because I'm working on turning my business around that I'm not fully packed. You know, yeah, I, that's my goal right now. Reclaim my nights and weekends. Listeners, you've heard this struggle from me, and I'm I'm heading in that direction. But why am I saying maybe later and keeping? It's keeping the the hope alive. And it right. breaks my heart when I have to go back and say, no, I have to work. So I should just say, not tonight. But I don't want to say that. Anyway, that's that's a whole nother yeah. issue. You know, what are some of the other, like, what are the, I don't want people to not buy the book. Actually, I'm going to pause just for a second. Listeners, I know you have already gotten ahas and realizations and just thoughts out of this episode. So I want to ask you to go over to thekimsutton.com forward slash pp611 and down below the show notes, leave a comment with your big aha so far. And then of course, come back later and share more, but I know you already have some. And then mm -hmm. I got a brain fart and forgot where I was going. Well, you were going to, I thought you said, can, do you have any other things to talk about? That well, I wanted are, to are talk about the, your seven in your book. That's what it was, but I want people to still buy the book. So what is, one is, one of the stupid things people say uh you know, <laughs> there are a lot of them and i'm and I, like i said this thing is an autobiography uh i'll, I'll give you the, the the one of the stories in the book is about the the uh, time when i hired my uh my uh, well at that point vp of finance and uh he had worked for us for about three hours and i had told him everything about my illustrious, unbelievable little league baseball career that I had batted 679, you know, hit 14 home runs in 12 games, 48 RBIs, um, you know, pitched two no hitters. And at the end of the season, I was co MVP with the coach's son. And um, as I'm, I'm over it, you know, I, I don't know how that uh, I was not just MVP. Three years after I told him that, and he would work, work, work with us, I was at his house and down in his man cave during a party, and there was this 30-foot wall of all these things that he had done. He was player of the year in, in our county. He had played football uh, in college and was an All-American in college and didn't tell me that. So it, the, 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 the moral story is that it's uh, – 
that you can be a you person or a me person. And I was a me person mm-hmm. when I was, when I was talking, I was just talking about me. So I didn't have the, and how about you, you know, or at doing the segue, well, tell me, I've, I've talked about me. Now let's hear about you uh, program. So that focus on you attitude is one of the things that's in the book that sort of coaches us and me too on, on uh, how to ask, open-ended questions like you did at the very beginning of this make tell me your story is much different than where are you from mm-hmm. you know it gets you give me a, a license to take that anywhere i want and then you can segue or or ask for something in more in, in depth but uh it's it's a it's a wonderful way of being able to learn how to ask open-ended questions know, learn how to ask clarifying questions learn how to you know, segue or have dialogue instead of parallel monologues. Uh, that's in the book and, and it's done through stories and then little principles of say this, not that um, uh, comparisons, little T square that we could put uh, the different ways to say things or different types of ways to ask questions. Mm. Earlier this year, one of my close friends, her mother died and I have never been comfortable in situations like that. You, it's hard to know what to say in that very moment. You got what? But what did you say she did? Her mother died. Died. Oh, okay. Yes. Ooh, sorry. And yeah, yeah exactly. That's yeah. what. That's what the first thing yeah. is to say. But coincidentally, that same week, I listened to a podcast episode where somebody's husband had died, and she was sharing with the audience what had really helped her through the the period of grief. I mean, she still goes through it, but during that immediate period, immediately following, here's what I would recommend saying versus I'm sorry. And she said, one of the things that people would ask her a lot is how are you doing? How are you doing? Yeah. And she said, that was such a hard answer. Yeah. Question. So she said, if you're going to ask that, say, how are you doing right now? Yeah. Just mm-hmm. adding that right now makes you come to the present moment instead of looking at the situation as a whole and thinking about all the, I'm just going to say it, all the poop that's going on. Yeah. And in that very moment, I realized that's what I can say. And then at a podcasting event I was at several years ago, the host asked the members of the audience to get up and share what they do in their business with everybody else, like one at a time on the microphone. Okay. We noticed a trend at the beginning, or he noticed, and I had never noticed it before, but a lot of people were saying, I help. And he paused after maybe five or 10 of these, and he asked the audience, do you notice what one word everybody is saying? And then he said the Mm -hmm. word help. He said, what is connotation the right word? What connotation does the word help bring to mind? And uh, I had, it had never occurred to me before that often help is seen as free. Ah, uh, when we're talking about what we do in our business, maybe that's not the right word to use. Mm-hmm. And in that very moment, like switch, I I switched it to empower. Yeah, that's good. And immediately, I'm not offering free services anymore. Well, okay, there's a lie. I had to work through that a little bit more, but I no longer said help. I like that. You eliminate the word help from your vocabulary. You I know, mean, do power. I want to help people? 
Yes. Mm -hmm. But if we're going to build successful, and I say successful in quotes, sustainable businesses, yes, we are helping people, but we're serving, but we're also, we're providing value, which we can expect to be paid for. That is terrific. And because that leads, when I was listening to you talk about that, it reminds me of that fab, the feature advantage benefit mm-hmm. uh, process that we go through, you know, feature of insurance is insurance. The advantage is coverage. The, the benefit is peace of mind. Mm. And so you've got that word help might be the feature part of it, but the value, you know, and then the empowerment part of it uh, takes it to a, you know, it, it, I, I want this going too far, maybe, but it takes more of a soulful approach to it than a mindful approach to it. I like it. Absolutely. One other thing that I realized, and this isn't directly related to customer service, however, I think there's a way that every business owner who's listening, and apologies to, no, actually, no apologies. See, I'm still working on it. <laughs> for For listeners who have heard it before, I hope you've embraced it, but I'm on a quest to get rid of fluffy text in my business. Uh-huh. I can share my story without putting a lot of fluffy text in. I can tell what I do in a concise, clear manner rather than put fluffy text. And I actually just shared this in a other recent episode, but I, I was reviewing my Instagram account in the last couple of weeks and I realized I had not changed it out there. I, I said something along the lines of, I empower entrepreneurs with self-care systems and support. And I'm looking at it in that very moment and like, what the heck does that mean? <laughs> Where does that say that I do marketing right. automation? There you go. It doesn't at yeah. all. I know. I see what you mean. Then they're all over the place. I mean, we all do that. And you're, this is just a wonderful practice of going back and looking at what you say or what you write down, what somebody else says and what, what they write down and how can you be more positive and powerful and productive with your, in, in your world. Um, and how in my world, how can you be more concise? Mm-hmm. Gosh, it drives me crazy when somebody says, um, hey, I've got a question for you. Um, uh, you, you might not know the answer to this, uh, but I'm going to ask it anyway. And just get to the goes, point, right? And just keeps, yeah, get to the point. You ask questions, you know, and what we say in the book is, uh, yeah, listen, I've got two questions and a, and a comment. So you know everything about it. I got two questions about your, about your resume. Well, you know, it's two. You know, it's about the re- resume, you know, and so you know when it's going to stop, when it's going to start, when it's going to stop. Mm-hmm. And just to be as concise as possible with framing when you have something to say and then say it. I have to ask, though, how much of that has to do, do you think, with you going back and forth between New York and Charlotte? Because in New York, you know, people want the point right now. They sure do. The and that drove me crazy when I moved to Ohio. I I didn't like feeling rushed all the time. You know, I wanted to walk down Lexington at my own speed. Right. Don't don't be basically tailgating me on foot because I'm not walking fast enough. Let me right. just walk my speed, enjoy my Starbucks, <laughs> get to work when I want to. I'm 15 minutes early. That's good enough for me. Right. You know, but seriously, just get to the point. It has everything to do with that. I mean, I guess there are two extremes when you have, you know, from the, from the Southern part of it is, you know, we have bless your heart and gosh, we put 
cuss words in the middle of words, you know, I guarantee you, you know, got all kinds of things that are, that are set up kind of comments and, 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 uh, 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 answers to, to questions. Whereas in, in New York, we tell, we, we, we joke about the, um, the attitude there is, uh, we're either mad or not mad, you know? Mm-hmm. It's, so it's just, uh, it has a lot to do with it, with, uh, building this reference guide or building the awareness of the difference difference between, um, between regions. I mean, no problem and no worries. I mean, no worries is, I don't know about you, but I think of Australia and they just love saying no worries and that's okay. You know, and, but, uh, yeah, but just the being able to recognize the differences and being able to appreciate them. And, and it doesn't mean you have to do it yourself. It just means you you recognize it. It makes you feel better by, by saying something different or, or in embracing the way it's, it's said in that, in that region. And I have no idea how an R got on the end of idea <laughs> no uh, in Boston. <laughs> that, oh, that drove me crazy when I first moved to Ohio. Yeah. Yeah, I remember true. coming or going home and saying to my husband at the time, exactly that. When the heck did I <laughs> get, grow an R on the end? He's like, uh-huh. what are you talking about. And he said, they say idea. Oh, it still sounds like doesn't make any sense to me. Yeah. And, oh, I have to sh- share. I knew I had been living here long enough. I love where I live, people. I really do but I knew I had lived here long enough when just a couple of years ago, I told my, my husband after returning from Walmart, I said, I seen at Walmart and he looks at me. He's like, you did not just say that you've been making fun of people for saying that for years. You seen at Walmart. What did you see? <laughs> oh my gosh. I've been around these people for too long. Ohio and Southwest Ohio. I do love you. Yep. Yep. We had uh, our business in West Virginia was that uh, they would, uh, in, in, instead of saying, I, uh, what was it? Instead of saying, I uh, come or came, uh, it was, I, I went, I, I can't get that right. Uh, but there was some, it's, it's just in different regions, it's different, different approaches. And it's just, uh, it's fun to recognize those. And it doesn't make it right or wrong. To me, this is um, communication and the conversation we're having right now. I mean, it's an art form. There's not a science to it. It's more of a psychology, uh, psychology and sociology approach to it. It's not. There's no right or absolute wrong uh, answers to to much of what we're talking about. It's a lot of fun. That makes it fun. I am curious. Does your does your company only handle? And I don't mean only in the bad or in a bad way, but mm-hmm. phone customer service, or do they handle? online yeah. or chat no, I, you know that whole old term omni channel we do them all so okay. that's you know part of the part of the um emphasis on communication skills is uh in writing that con- being concise mm-hmm. and then the the use of boldface and underline and and capital letters and italics it's underutilized mm-hmm. uh and so we 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 coach on those kinds of things to be able to um use those uh uh sparingly but when you really want to make a point you know bold face it when you want something to be felt like at a higher pitch then use the italics when you want you know writing in all caps is the equivalent to uh to yelling and just being able but there are times when you want to put things in caps so that they uh they they are seen as as uh, standing out so all the uh yeah we do we do uh just about everything i love that 
And I want to give two examples of why I love it. In one example, I've been using a new tool. I'm not going to name it right now, and you'll hear why, for about two months. And I won't share what the tool does because I'm not sure that (laughs) the way that I'm using it is actually approved um, for how I'm using it. It's nothing illegal, listeners. Mm. Let me just say that. But there's a feature of the tool that's not properly working. And I have Mm. now sent four requests through the customer service and have not gotten a response. And it drives me nuts. Yeah. I'm about ready to cancel because that was like the biggest feature that I wanted with that tool. Then on the flip side, listeners, you've heard me talk about this before, but it happened again earlier this week. I got a couple more death threats and I, through my website, I use, I just need to put a shout out. Don't ever forget to give shout outs to the tools that are working for you. A a shout out to gravity forms because they, get the IP address of where it comes from. Mm. But when I went to who is, it told me that they were basically using a cloaked, I don't know the proper expression, Uh, a a cloaked IP address. Mm -hmm. And it told me who was providing the IP. So I went to the company's website and I couldn't find a way to contact them at all which really drove uh-huh. me crazy. And I did something that I usually don't do, but I tweeted to them. And I just said, hey, company name. I can't remember the company name right now, to be honest, but the response that I got was amazing. I got a response within maybe 15 minutes mm-hmm. via my email saying, hey, I saw your your tweet. I just wanted to reach out. No, that is not something that you know is an approved usage of our of our services and we will investigate this for you. Mm-hmm. And that just made me feel so good. The fact good. that they were monitoring their social channels and responding because mm-hmm. there's so much to be lost if you're not. That's true. That's true. Um, I tell you, I mean, I'm, you've, you've taken me back by hearing death threats. That's uh it's it's something that uh, yeah obviously take very seriously and and you did your your homework on it or or activities on it but uh, it doesn't make them go away uh, so that's uh, I'll, I'll be thinking about you and and hope those uh, people that are doing things that are unconsciousable uh, as far as what uh, what people do things that uh, hurt people that they never want to they don't ever even want to talk to then that's that's just not right well what it what has been um because this is the second time this year we realized that hurt people hurt people right yep and i realized i did not do anything to deserve this um and it's a person who doesn't have the full scope right like they don't know they're talking from a place of hurt because they don't know me yep and I, I just want to give a little bit of context really fast, just so that the listeners aren't worried. I So I do own this large virtual assistant group and it's an international group. And because I own it, I often get a little bit of his brunt, the right word, mm-hmm. there are international VAs and it, there's a cost of living difference. And I'm not saying that the quality of work is not the same, but there are clients who go in and want, to pay less. And I don't think there's a problem with that. 
to be totally honest. I mean, mm-hmm. my cost of living here is different than the cost of living in New York. If I were living in New York, my rate would be four times higher than it is just to cover my cost of living. And the same can be said for international contractors as well. So whoever this is feels like I'm exploiting international workers and lets me know it when they feel like it. But I realize, and my husband reminded me on this, that if I stop on letting the devil win, and that's where my faith comes in, and, mm-hmm. and I'm just not going to stop. The, the devil's not going to win. Does that mean I'm being stupid? No. Yeah. I'm falling down, but I'm not stopping. Good for you. That uh, reminds me of the business law professor that said good cases make bad law. And you have, you know, it, you can't let 0.011% of your, you know, of, of your listeners or, or, or people that, that uh, follow you uh, control uh, what you do for the other mass majority of them. And uh, so I applaud you on that. Thank you. And going to what you're employees do and what your team does i mean there are going to be those sour apples that come in and just have nothing good to say but then there's the people that they can really make an impact a positive impact on any given day and that's what i realized i need to work for i need to work for the people the positive people Mm -hmm. i'll close it up with this but there was one person who said who back in march uh, six months ago said to me thank you for allowing us the opportunity to get work through here because in my town here in the Philippines, minimum wage is only a dollar 50. That's right. And you are allowing me the opportunity to get work at three or $5 an hour. And that's a life changer for me and my family. Like this is why I'm not, not allowing those. Right. Good for you. Yeah. Yeah. They made your day. Yes, absolutely. Greg, I want to thank you. You have blown my mind. And actually, I, I'm going to give some thought to it today and how I can reword my no thank yous. So thank you. <laughs> I wrote that down too. <laughs> yeah, but Listeners, again, I want to hear what your ahas are. Greg, I'm sure would love to hear as well. So make sure to head on over to thekimsutton.com forward slash PP611 and let us know. But Greg, where else can people find you online, connect and get to know more about you? I'm on Facebook, LinkedIn. Uh, you can find me there. I'm at the gcsagents.com. Uh, That's our uh, uh, domain for our company, uh, uh, Globally Connect, is gcsagents.com. And our wonderful, wonderful uh, nonprofit that provides reading materials for pre pre K uh, low income children is called appseed.org. AP just one P A P S E E D.org. And you can find me on all those. Thank you, Kim. Awesome. All those links will be in the show notes. So if you're driving, please do not try to write them down right now. (laughs) Right. Do you have one piece of parting advice or a golden nugget that you can close out the show with? I think the main thing is just, it's, it's a journey uh, building awareness of your communication skills by listening to others will make you a better person uh, to be around and make every conversation and every relationship better. Thank you for tuning in to this episode of the positive productivity podcast. When I'm not podcasting, I'm supporting six to seven figure business coaches with their marketing automation and entrepreneurs like you through my coaching and mastermind programs. I want to invite you to visit thekimsutton.com to learn how I can help you take your business to the next level.